Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to Hurt at Sports Radio. The, the young men, I think from, day, from the moment after the last game, a Michigan State game, they came in there and they had the right attitude, you know. And it all, again, it always starts with attitude and they wanted to, they wanted to fix it. And it was one of those games where I told them before kickoff, I was like, I can feel, I can get a vibe of the guys. And I, I felt like, like it was kind of like Illinois where I'm like, you guys are going to make it right today. And they did. They played their butts off. You know what I mean? So yeah, you got to you, you gotta respect that. You know, those guys put themselves in a position to, to know what to do and to know how to do it. But then their mind was right. You know, their attitude was right, which is the most important thing. And it was fun watching them play. Like those kind of games, you just sit back and you just watch them play and you're in awe. You know, some of those plays were, I mean, uh, uh, Javen coming off of a block and then jumping on the guy and as he's falling down to rip the ball out that i mean that that's that's unreal you know omar brown is getting blocked he 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 comes he arms over on the block and then as he's tackling the guy he sees the ball and then he rips out the ball like those are some big time plays man you know what i mean so so i kind of felt it at the coaching staff kind of felt it um pre kickoff and and again they went out there and we just had to make one or two more plays Wrapping up hour number one here on Herd at Sports Radio. I'm Ravi Lula. Andrew Rogers here with me. We're live on AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities, Twitter, YouTube. Live at the Herd at Sports Bar and Grill on the H&H Chevrolet stage. Uh, TK with a good point uh, in, the, in the YouTube chat where he says ranking Missouri in at nine, which they are... Uh, they were headed. They were ahead at nine, or they were ranked at nine. They were the top two-loss team in the country. They were ahead of one-loss Louisville. Uh, they jumped five spots this mm-hmm. week. After, I mean, listen, I I get that it was a ranked-on-ranked win, and they they did it pretty resoundingly. I don't know anybody who thinks Tennessee is that good, and so I, I don't know it. TK says he thinks it's some elite 
schedule padding by the committee it, to it, it could be to make Georgia to inflate Georgia's schedule and a little bit. And it probably bit, is actually which, to justify the ranking, which I, I kind of get. But I mean, really, outside of that Georgia or, or outside of the Missouri and Ole Miss games the last two weeks, which are are good wins, um, that that Missouri game was pretty close. So making them Missouri look better kind of justifies the Georgia position a little bit. Now, Georgia very well might be the best team in the country. They're certainly playing closer to it now than they were earlier in the year. Um, I really thought I really thought earlier in the year they looked vulnerable, and now you look at it and it's like, man, they, they kind of look like a juggernaut again. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how the rest of that plays out. And, and, you know, we're still a couple weeks away from that really mattering with the rankings here, but it is good to keep an eye on because, like you said, that Florida State-Washington 4-5 could very easily uh, flip. Now where it's going to get really interesting is once that Ohio State-Michigan game plays out, you're going to have one of those teams with one loss. Uh, after Washington and Oregon, you very well could have both of those teams who are really, really good at one loss. You've got a really good Texas, really good Alabama at one loss. This thing could get really messy for the committee in a hurry, and you know they are just – praying for certain results to make their life easier yeah you know a lot of times I, th- I thought about too with the Heisman voting oh absolutely right? because the Heisman voting has gotten kind of all out of sorts because of the way Jaden Daniels is playing and he's not a guy that's in any position to have LSU no. in, in title contention but the stats that he's putting up are Heisman worthy yeah they're and, like, crazy. you have to think about that it's the same thing with Penix it's the same thing with Nix it's the same thing with um, with Travis mm-hmm. and, and, and so forth down the list it's so hectic there it's so hectic in the college football playoff right now. The good news for everybody is there's still two more weeks of football. Still a couple more games to help sort this thing out. But I do – I mean, we're pretty late in the process for it to be like, man, I really don't know how this is going to go. Because a lot of times by this point it's like, yeah, this is probably how it's going to play out. Even if Georgia loses to Alabama in the title game, doesn't really matter, matter whatever. Um, I don't feel that way this year. I, I feel like there's definitely some – there's a team that could uh, yeah. be different. I mean, I, this. I look at I I look all the way down to Alabama at number eight, and I was like, if any of those teams make the college football playoff, not surprised, because Alabama is going to play Georgia in the SEC title game. Obviously, Ohio State and Michigan are going to play. Washington, Oregon are going to play again. Texas still has that win over Alabama. I just look at it and I go, man, this is this could you might end up with like six or seven really good one-loss teams mm-hmm. <laughs> and it could I mean it's gonna be a mess well and and the worst team that might be left at Florida State might be the one that's undefeated like that would be the crazy part of it all right and if they end up undefeated then you're put into a weird spot of well okay Oregon would have won the Pac-12 title game then and they are what sixth right now yeah they're sixth uh, right now but a, a win over Washington mm-hmm. probably bumps them it'd be the it'd be one of the better wins of the year and so now, now you go back and think, though, well, they played once already. Like, yeah. does that play into this at all? And with Florida State undefeated, it's, it's a tough position to be in if you're the committee because it's hard to say, mm-hmm. hey, you're undefeated and you're not in. Yeah, it's especially hard to tell a team that. Especially if you're the only one left that's undefeated. There's a scenario, and it's not a likely one because you probably either Ohio State or Michigan will be undefeated as well, whoever mm-hmm. wins that game, because I don't think they're losing to whoever comes out of the – crap hole west but so you're probably gonna end up with two but you can make an argument that Florida State could be the second undefeated team and deserve to be left out 
and I like Florida State. People know this about me. I enjoy Florida State football. I'm a Jordan Travis fan, too. I really like Jordan Travis. I like Jared Verse. I really like Mike Norvell. I think he's a really good football coach. Texas A&M, I swear to God, if you steal another one of our coaches, I will lose it. What is our I mean? <laughs> Are you now a Florida State I fan? I like Florida State. I've always liked Florida State. But, um, you know, the – there's, I think there's a very realistic world in which Florida State is undefeated and either Ohio State or Michigan's undefeated, and Florida State would deserve to be left out. And that's why I am very excited for the 12-team playoff mm-hmm. next year because then you don't have to worry about these conversations. Well, and this week, too, I think it's the week of most, like, random opponents um, yeah. for teams. Like, Alabama plays Chattanooga. Yeah, this is the this is the this is, uh, this is the uh, the the win bump week yeah, for those teams. Yeah, this is teams. the late season buy game that a lot of these teams mm-hmm. play that don't have yeah, to play. Mississippi has Louisiana Monroe. Florida State had North Alabama. Um, you've got yeah, you've got some. I mean, Ohio State has Minnesota. Oh wait, that's a conference game. My bad. Oh. Um, oh. <laughs> Anytime you play the Big Ten West from the East, it kind of feels like a bye LSU game. has Georgia State. Yeah. So you've got a bunch of those uh, random one-off games. Uh, so this is like an SEC thing. It is like a SEC and, and ACC to a certain extent as well. Um, but it's, it's a very heavy SEC thing because they don't play the, uh, the nine conference games or they aren't required to play the nine conference games. They, uh, they only have to, I believe, play the eight. If I'm, or it might be yes. eight and nine. Or yes, nine you're and, right. Yeah, yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. Uh, so that's their extra one in there. Um, but I wanted to get to, you know, it's it's getting to that time of year, obviously, where the college football playoff rankings start to make a little bit more, uh, well, they usually start to make a little bit more sense. I think they're getting messier as we go along this year. Uh, but there's some messy situations going on at places like UCLA as well, where there's a report, not that Chip Kelly has been fired, but that he's going to be fired, mm-hmm. which is also... A very, it's a very strange the way it was worded. They're it's like, an odd report. After the USC UCLA game, it's most likely that Chip Kelly's going to be fired. I'm like, what is, I don't really, un- so that's this week, obviously. And I'm just like, what is happening here? Like, just either you're going to fire him. Yeah, like, how do you tell your coach that, hey, no matter what happens, even if you win, you're going to get canned. Well, like, if he wins, are they not going to fire him? That's my question because they're like, it's most likely that he's going to get fired. It's like, okay, so he's probably getting fired either way. He wins. Way. He gets a stay of execution for one week, and then you wait till the end of the season to fire. I don't know. It was super weird. I am basically just treating it as you, as Chip Kelly has been fired. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of the same way I treated it when the first reports of Jimbo Fisher were like, yeah, he's going to get let go. It's not happened yet, but it's happening. Um, so UCLA is an interesting job, and, and I – I look at this because they're moving into the Big Ten. I wonder how much that played into the decision. I don't look at Chip Kelly as necessary, necessarily a uh, Big Ten coach stylistically. You know, Dan Lanning is. Dan Lanning at Oregon coming into the Big Ten makes a ton of sense. Mm-hmm. Kalen DeBoer, I think, can be. They're not as physical as Oregon is yet, but he's also only in year two. So I, I think that Kalen DeBoer, because he's from this part of the country, he kind of understands – uh, you know, Big Ten football and Midwest and football and all that kind of stuff, I think he'll be fine. The guys that I really wondered about were Lincoln Riley because he could – I mean, they can't play defense at all, and I think nope. that has a, a big reason. Obviously, can't the play four, offense right now. Well, either. yeah, the four losses has a big reason why Alex Grinch was fired, but I think going to the Big Ten does too. And then Chip Kelly, who was pretty good last year, took a little while to get going at UCLA. Now they're 6-4. and four. And he's going to be let go as well. I, I just wonder how much I, I, you look at that and say, yeah, maybe that's a move they don't make if they're not moving conferences. 
Yeah, um, what's interesting to me is, and you kind of alluded to it, the direction a team will go if they are making a coaching change. Do they go defensive heavy, defensive approach? Do they try to go... Especially uh, after an offensive heavy guy like Kelly. Right, or, or do you try to do, run it back again and, and try to stay with like you know the, what modern day football is turning into, which mm-hmm. is more of an offensive approach than, than total defense? Because, uh, I mean, we, we see it here in Nebraska. We, we hear it in Iowa. It's not exciting to watch Big Ten West football. No. when your offense isn't moving the football. Right. Like, yes, you can you can clamor at your, and, and say your defense is, is the best thing since sliced bread, and it may be close to that, yeah. but it doesn't make it exciting football at the end of the day. So um, transitioning over, what approach do you take? I think the best approach for a team to take is defensive to start, go with the defensive coach, and that's what scares me with UCLA. Mm. Because when you think defense, who went, who you're going to look UCLA? across the country and think, hmm. Who's putting together a pretty solid defensive uh, defensive group? Oh, there's a guy over in Nebraska named Tony White who graduated. What's that? Where did he go to school? Yeah, yeah, he uh, played. He was a Bruin. Shoot. And if you want to make a smooth transition to the Big Ten, it makes a lot of sense to have a guy like Tony White who's been there, done that. Yeah, knows the ropes a little bit already, and plays for another program or coaches for another program that has money to just throw at you. Absolutely. Uh, coming up next, we're going to talk to our friend Brian Christopherson from Husker 24-7 here on Red Sports Radio.